I'd like for you to turn with me in the book of Leviticus chapter 26 verse 1 through 13. I was looking in some of my records and I can't remember the last time I preached from the book of Leviticus. Usually that's that book you kind of kind of skim through to get to the next one and get to Deuteronomy. It's a little bit better. Leviticus has lots of laws and just it's not real I mean it's it's kind of like that that really it's a book for the serious studier you know I mean it's not like um a lot of excitement every once in a while in some of these books that are seem to be a uh, kind of of run on and tedious and every once in a while you're going to hit a spot you'll hit a spot that is that stands out that seems to be very noticeable and is a blessing and has a special word. And I want to share with you a word that will be important for today and what we're facing and where we're at. I preached last week on Happy New Year's. That was one of the best titles I ever come up with for a sermon. We were about ready to go into the new year, and here we are. Turn to your neighbor and say, hey, we made it. We made it. You didn't think you would, but you did. And then you're going to go farther and farther in God. So be encouraged in the Lord. He's our sustainer. He's our keeper. He's our strength. He's our power. He's our victory. He's everything. You name everything that's good and great and glorious, that's our God. He is everything that you could even think of. He is everything that we might need, whatever's necessary in our life. But here today, I'd like to share a simple message and in the message, I'd like to share just simple two words that are key in the passage of Scripture. And it's if and then. If and then. Those are key words in the verses I'm going to read to you. They stand out. They have a purpose and a reason. It's if and then. Let's pray right now. God, anoint us as we go into the word of God. Heavenly Father, we ask you, Lord, in Jesus' name, that you just anoint us today, that this word become relevant to us. That, Lord, that you'll speak to our hearts. Speak to us right where we're at and what's going on, Lord. Speak to us personally, God. Let us begin to see what's needed and see what's missing in our life. Just have your way as we worship you in your word and we celebrate your word. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Amen. Leviticus chapter 26, verse 1, and I'm going to read from the Amplified Bible. Verse 1 says, You shall not make idols for yourselves, nor shall you erect an image, a sacred pillar, or an oblisk, or blisk. You know, I'm going to have to look up in the dictionary how to pronounce that. It's just an idol, a post is what it really is. Nor shall you place any figure stone in your land so that you may bow down to it. For I am the Lord your God. You shall keep my Sabbaths and have reverence for my sanctuary. I am the Lord. Well, just a simple phrase. I am 
the Lord. And there are times we need to remind ourselves of that, that he says, I am the Lord. If you walk in my statutes, if you walk in my statutes and keep my commandments and obediently do them, then I will give you rain as in season, in its season, and a land will yield her produce and the trees of the field bear their fruit. And your threshing season will last until great gathering and the great gathering time will last until planting and you will eat your bread and be filled and live securely. Live securely in your land. I will also grant peace in the land so that you may lie down and there will be no one to make you afraid. I will also eliminate harmful animals from the land. And no sword will pass through your land. And you will chase your enemies. They will fall before you by the sword. Five of you will chase a hundred. And a hundred of you will put ten thousand to flight. Your enemies will fall before you by the sword. For I will turn toward you with favor and regard. And make you fruitful and multiply you. And I will establish and confirm my covenant with you. You will eat the the old supply of abundant produce. And clear out the old to make room for the new. I will make my dwelling among you. And my soul will not reject nor separate itself from you. I will walk among you and be your God, and you shall be my people. I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt so that you would not be their slaves. And I broke the bars of your yoke and made you walk upright with heads held high as free men. Now, I want to tell you that God is calling them or calling Israel to be distinct, to be his people, a people of distinction, a possession of his. He has blessings, which is the favor of God, and he wants to pour them out upon his people of the people of Israel and the people such as you and I today. Now, something I realize in reading this, there's really a, an imbalance in this. I mean, an imbalance of give and take, if you look at this. Because in this, it's just, there's only a couple things he speaks to us about that, is responsibility, and then he's got a whole list of things that he's going to do. Now, I want us to consider the very two simple words in the verses of the scripture. See if it relates to you. See if you can see yourself and then see God. Two very simple words stand out in those verses. That I read to you. It's the word if 
and then. If and then. If, the word if in these verses involves us. The word then involves God. If has been performed, then is on its way, you see. It, if was the beginning, then is the ending. You know, if someone were to ask you and be afraid or talk to you about things, you tell them God has the last word. God has a, uh, we're the if and he's the then. Oh, come on now. now. That's preachable, okay? We're the, our feeble, weak selves, we're the if. Because you know if you say if, then it, it means that there's a possibility of failure. How many here know that there's a possibility of failure in each and every one of us if we operate in the in the flesh and in the human? We we have weaknesses, don't we? I mean, turn to your neighbor and ask him, "Do I have a weakness in me? Am I, you know, I mean, am I flawless?" And you who love them sitting next to that person, you better tell them the truth because you know how they are. You know what who they are, the makeup. My wife can give you a good sermon on me. And I fit in the if. God speaking to humanity and said if, if, if involves us, then involves God. If it's a possibility that it's not going to happen, then is an affirmative that it is going to happen. See, there's a, there's a whole, God is then and we're if. God is permanent, God is reliable, God is faithful. You and I are if. But then he, he just poses a simple word, if. And if is action. In this verse, if is action. Then is reaction. Yeah. If is the obedience then is the reward for it in Deuteronomy 28 the Bible says and we know it so well it says bless going in and bless going out T.D. Jakes could really go with that one I'm telling you I wish I had the mind of T.D. Jakes and the ability of preaching like him and take something but but we quote it I've quoted maybe you've quoted Deuteronomy 28 that one phrase it says that we're blessed going out that it says that we're blessed going in and blessed going out. But can I tell you, without taking away from the verse of Scripture and taking away from God's Word, because I am forbidden to do that, but I can change it a bit to mean the same thing. If I were to change that you, you are blessed going in and blessed going out and change it to, to have the same meaning, I could say, we're blessed going out, out of 2020, and blessed going in 2021. And it's not changing the phrase. We're just blessed. God says you're blessed. You're blessed. It doesn't bless going. You're blessed going in. You're blessed going out. You're just blessed, blessed, blessed by God. In Leviticus 26 is the if or 
what I would call the principles of blessing. Then in that same chapter, there are also further on in verses are the warnings. But those verses I've read to you, they are, you can find the principles of blessing God is speaking to them. That Israel, the people of Israel had the if, the principles for to do and to fulfill to receive the blessing of God. Is that word if? Oh, you know that word if. You know other scriptures in the Bible where God had posed an if to his people. In 2 Chronicles 7, 14, you could probably, probably quote that verse of scripture. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. If we'll do the if, he'll do the then. America, if we'll do the if, then God will do the then. He will heal our land. He'll do something. Hey, mom and dad, if you'll do the if in your home and your family, then God will do the then in your life. Hey, husband and wife, if you'll do the if then in your marriage, then God will do the then in your marriage and establish. Amen. But if you break the if, if you are the bad side, the flip side of that coin of disobedience, and you can't expect any good to come out of it. But if you'll do the if that is positive, that is in obedience and, and, and passionate toward God and, and serving him. You'll do that if that God says for you to do, then there's going to, then, then praise God, there's the then. God is going to give you the then. You can expect results. It's going to happen because God is not man that he should lie. And what he said is, it's just the way it is, I'm telling you. It doesn't matter about, I'll, I'll tell you what, a lot of times people, the truth in them is questioned because of their background. Sometimes the things they say, you kind of question what they say because of their background, how they live, what they do, their history, where they came from, their roots. Sometimes people even question people if they're telling the truth by who their mama and who their daddy was, whether or not they're telling the truth. And we'll even do some research and ask people about the history of that person. What about that person? Do you got some news about this person? We'll investigate and look into it. Well, I'll tell you what, God says, you just go ahead and you just try and do that to me. And he'll tell you, I don't have a beginning. I always have been. Oh, by the way, I've not made any mistakes. I am perfect. Oh, by the way, I have uh, created the world and the universe by my words. And, and oh, by the way, I'm eternal and I'm just going to go on and on and on. Oh, by the way, I'm holy and pure and just and, and glorious. And oh yeah, by the way, my name in the book of Revelation says that I am faithful and I'm true. So therefore, you can take what God says and you can depend upon it in the fact that if uh, you do what he tells you to do, then he's going to follow through with what he said he'd do. Hallelujah, I'm glad. I am so glad that he, he can back up what he says. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. We who are born again believers, in, anybody in the house born again, raise your hand. Anybody in the house been washed by the blood of Jesus? Sins were as red as scarlet, but now they're white as snow. Anybody know you were lost and now you're found? You know, 
You know, you know, the born again believers who, who know we prayed and then God answered, you know. Now that he gave us a new Christ and a new beginning, a new life because of Christ. A new life and a new beginning in him. Those who are born again believers, we have a greater blessing in Christ. And I base that on the fact of what we find in the book of Hebrews, where the, the Bible says in the book of Hebrews that he's given us, uh, given, we find out that he's given us greater, better promises. And so therefore, he who gives better promises gives greater blessings because we have those, those better promises in him. For, so for the child of God in this room, you ought to feel really supercharged. You ought to really feel good about yourself. It's because you have chosen God. God has chosen you. And because of what God has, he's given to you. And he'll provide for you. He'll take care of you. And then not only did he, did, did he throw in those Leviticus promises with us that we can claim and believe because God doesn't change he came and he gave us extra promises better promises for better blessings that he has for us oh yeah go on and chew on grace for a while okay chew on it real good and realize the flavor and the greatness of it how sweet it is how glorious it is to have the grace of God hallelujah because God saw that we're still going to be the if but when his son came and gave his life on the cross uh, we've been promoted hallelujah on the flip side of the con of yes we're gonna yes we will be yes we're more than conquerors through him that loved us hallelujah we're on the positive side of that coin of if how many here believe will say and declare by raising your hand I'm going to obey God mm. Second Peter 1 2 and 4 says grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness He's given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. He's given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. He's given us all things that pertain to life, to life, to life and godliness. He's given us all things. He's given us an answer for this season we're in. He's given us an answer, a solution, a covering. He's the answer for anything that may come against us. Greater is he that is within us than he that is in the world. And God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power and of love and of a sound mind. Hallelujah! And you know, a lot of people are afraid, but God will, if they'll just realize and understand, they're the if, but he's the then. Through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises. That through these you might be partakers of divine nature. He's given us his promises so that you could be more like him. Given us the promises of his word so you'll not fail but you'll be successful in him. Having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. You've escaped it because of his precious promises promises that he's given you and I his word the people of Israel lived they lived in the shadow of reality but we live in the reality 
They lived in the shadow of reality when they had faith in God and believed in him. That the things of the Old Testament and things of, of, of the Old Covenant was a shadow, a foreshadow of Jesus Christ. But you and I, you and I, we're on the other side. We're in, we're in A.D., okay? Not B.C., not before Christ, but after the death. I, I know that they don't refer to that anymore, but I'm from the old school, you know. You, you, you see, B.C. was to me before Christ, but then all of a sudden A.D. became to me after the death of Christ. Things have changed. It's A.D. now. It's time for celebration because of the new life that he's given us. And so I'm not living in the shadow. I'm living in the reality. Would you rather live in the shadow of the, of the house or live in the house? Boy, last weekend, wasn't it beautiful? Oh, it was so beautiful. I was so excited. I almost felt like I was a prophet. I preached the Sunday before uh, Christmas Eve and preached, let it snow, let it snow. And it snowed on Christmas Eve. We had the whitest, brightest Christmas I'd ever seen in years. You know, I couldn't remember when we had a very, we didn't have a white Christmas because when I called my family and talked to them that live in Louisville, they had snow on the roof and I showed them a picture of what was outside of my door. I had a very white Christmas, you know. Not just a white, they said they had a little snow on the roof, but I said, well, look what I'm looking at. We had a very, very white Christmas. Now the kids loved it. I loved it. I loved it. I loved looking out the window and watching it fall and land on the ground and, and the beautiful cardinals the next day in my feeders and, and eating such beautiful red and in the contrast of the white and the beautiful glistening white and the trees were so beautiful. While I looked from my window in my house, I just enjoyed just how glorious and wonderful. But let me tell you, there would have been a difference because if I wasn't in the house but of the shadow of the house I wouldn't enjoy it too much I'd get pretty cold uh, the elements would affect me I just wouldn't have the completeness as it is and the beauty just wouldn't mean anything to me because I would be out in it all day and all night and forever but God put me in the house and, and I'm glad I'm in the reality of Christ and not in the shadow of Christ I, I'm in the house and not in the shadow of the house I did enjoy that snow, and I loved how quickly it left. Wasn't that great? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's, well, the thing is, those in the Old Testament, they lived in the shadow of the house. They didn't, they didn't live in the house. Oh, yeah. And the reason why, they could only go so far. They went in the outer court. They never were allowed to go in the inner court, inner place, inner place of worship. But look at you and I now. We just walk into the most holiest place of God. We walk up to the veil that's been rent in twain, and there is the Ark of the Covenant and the presence of God. We're no longer in the shadow of the house. We're in the house. That's why, that's why I want Jesus in your house. I want Jesus in your life. I want Jesus to rule and reign in your life. Amen. You're going to have a whole lot of ifs that are going to bring the wrong kind of answers and the wrong kind of solutions unless you put God first. If you do it his way. And I'll tell you this. God is not into games. So what he says he really means, that, you know, I believe God laughs at things, but he doesn't laugh doesn't laugh at things that he's serious about and he's serious about our relationship with him and the blessings that he has for us God seriously wants to bless you 
God seriously wants to fill your life with his abundance. Do you believe that? There's a world out there want to tell you otherwise. They want, the world out there wants you to live in fear and the shadow and be afraid. But God says, I want you to receive my abundance and my blessing. Hallelujah. Let me move on here. The principles, the if in Leviticus. He, he gives the if to the people and really it's just simple. It's first of all, have nothing to do with idols. And then the second part is worship me. I mean, that's, that's as simple as God told the nation, told the people. He didn't give them a 12, 12 step program. He didn't give them some, you need to go and pay recompense and you need to go and make apologies. You need to do this, 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 and this and jump through hoops before you could ever, ever be redeemed. He didn't say that. He just, before he could ever bless you, he just says simply, don't let anything get between you and I. Don't ever let there be an idol that stands between you and I. Don't let it be family. Don't let it be the kids. Don't let it be a man. Don't let it be a girl. Don't let it be anything. Don't even let your pet cat fluffy get in between you and God. Now, I'm serious because you would be amazed what people will put between them and God. If I put anything between me and God, it's in the process of me handing it over to him. And he will take over. My needs at a split moment may come between me and my God, but I'm handing it over to him. I don't let it linger there and stay there. I'm casting all my cares upon him because he cares for me. And you can do likewise and the same. Hallelujah. Don't let anything come between you and your God. Don't even let a McDonald's Big Mac get in the way between you and God. You see, that's how ridiculous it is. It is ridiculous to put anything between you and God. Any person, anything, any career, any substance, anything between you and your God. So God just says, why? Because he doesn't, I don't want you to, I don't want you to build an idol. And I, and I, and I want you to worship me. Because I am the Lord. Do you know when you and I don't worship when, when we should be worshiping? And when should we worship? On Sundays. No. Not only. Every day of the week. Every day, every moment, Jesus moment. He's first and foremost every day of the week. Every day of the week. I mean, some people try to do it on Sunday and they go to church, but then they're praying all week long at late at night. Oh, dear Jesus, don't come. Don't, please don't come tonight. Don't come tonight. I'm not ready to go, Lord, because I'm, I'm doing this and that. I'm telling you, every day is a day to worship the Lord and to serve him and just, just worship him, obey him. And so he says, worship me. When he referred in, in Leviticus about the Sabbaths and about reverence for the house of God, he's just saying, worship me. Worship me. Can I say this and be honest with you and clear for everyone to see and everyone to hear and everyone to know what I'm saying here? My greatest concern as a pastor and shepherd, my greatest concern is not if people miss Sunday church. This season has taught me more of that than any time before. My greatest concern is that a people will begin to stop worshiping God. 
and the devil will use it. They'll stop worshiping God. They're not worshiping during the, all the other times are outside of the house. They need, they need to worship him. That's the greatest heart cry, my heart cry, shepherd, is how if you are worshiping God out of this place. This place is an equipping place, an inspiring place, a place of celebration. You're supposed to bust out the doors and say, glory to God, I just got empowered and I'm going to be a witness on Monday and Tuesday. I'm going to work tomorrow with a song in my heart and all this other stuff. And, you know, and go throughout the week worshiping God. You open your word during the week. You open your word on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And you pray and have devotions. And you put God first in every day of the week. Amen. Not just, I, I, I tell you what, it really, this, this past thing that's happened and I won't refer to it. It's just blown right out of the water, the, the term Sunday Christian. Because it just, you know, stuff has happened things gotten away now all I want to ask you how is your worship how is your worship with God are there idols have you removed idols and are you worshiping that's the big question and if you do if you do then 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 he begins to give a list then life will be fruitful Rain will come as it should. Productive, good things. God bless you. Not everything happening to you is going to be great and good. And it won't be enjoyable. People this past year have suffered loss and a, a breakdown in the family, a feeling, a spirit of, of, of being bogged down and, and controlled. I know. I read Facebook. I know how everything is. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to encourage you to give a good word. Give a good word on Facebook, okay? Because i got to tell you, Facebook is not a good counseling mod, you know, mode to go to, okay? Go to Jesus, okay? Seek out qualified counselors, not just your Facebook friends. Oh, my gosh. I get some words from some of those so-called friends. Because I tell you what, when people request friend from me, I'm... I mean, when I first started this thing, it was just, oh, sure, come on. You're my friend. You're my friend. You're my friend. Now I've got almost 3,000 friends. And you know I can't, I can't see everything, whatever's going on. But then I realized that in the friends, is, it's wonderful. But you know what friends really are. They're the, they're the ones that really get in with you, care for you. Anybody can type, type, tap, tap, tap away something, then suddenly they're your friend. But friends are those who stick with you. Ask, oh, Jesus, who sticks closer than a friend, than a brother. He's with you, and he'll sustain you. So I'm not picking on Facebook. It's just the reality of life. And I'm just saying to you, because if I was picking on it, I'd just get off of it. It may get to a time I may have to. And everybody will raise your hand on that. Be selective, you know, be Judgmental. Some of you might even be off of it. That's okay. And I'm not, so you pray for me. But, the, you know, you do everything in moderation and you go through it. Okay. But the fact is, is this. God will be that companion in your life. And he says, if, if you'll not have any idols, if you'll worship me, then life will be fruitful. And he says, and you'll live securely. 
and you'll have peace. I'm just, I'm kind of modifying and simplifying what he's saying to his people. You will, you will chase your enemy. And really chasing your enemy is to have an edge in life. The enemy, many times the enemy comes against us, and what do we usually do? Oh, Lord! God, help me! And he'll help us. But God's saying, if you'll worship him, if you'll not have anything between you and him, then he says, you'll chase your enemies. You won't be afraid. God will give you a boldness and a strength and a courage where that you will chase your enemies away, the Bible says in the book of James, if we submit ourselves therefore unto God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. So there's that, there's that if. If you'll submit yourself, then resist the devil and he'll flee from you. You can find the if and, gen, and then throughout scripture. You can find it. He says, then I love this part in verse 10. He says, you'll have abundance. And then he explains it. He said, you will eat the old supply of abundant produce. You're going to have the old. And you'll have to clear out the old to make room for the new. You won't be able to keep up. Planting and harvest seasons going to interrupt, going to intersect with each other. I'm going to bless you so much that you're going to have so much of the old that you'll have to clear out the old to bring in the new. It's like you parents that have small children. You had to clear out some of the old toys before you brought in the new toys at Christmas time for your children. And so God's telling you, I'm going to bless you as a spoiled child. I'm going to bless you because uh, with a super abundance. Uh, but what I've given you in 2020, it's lapped over to 2021 but here comes 2021 blessing because you completed the if and then comes the blessing of God and you're going to have to clear out the old to bring in the new and we're going to be givers rather than getters we're going to be givers to a world and a society that needs to receive and our need 2020 has provided a society of people who are needing, hurting and needing someone to help them but God said I've given you an old supply to hand out to them so because the new supply is going to come in yeah I love that you know that's, that's great that's great it's kind of like at the holidays our refrigerator is kind of full and then there's Thanksgiving dinner and it's, it's the dilemma, the, the world of leftovers. Some of you went out shopping and bought new Tupperware dishes and containers because you were prepared for Thanksgiving. And so then you filled your containers with the new. I guess it was new. I don't know. We can debate that. But what is left over? And then suddenly you're going to try and fit it into your refrigerator. Out goes the old ketchup bottles. Out goes the old mustard. You know. Out goes that particular thing that maybe nobody ate anyway and you throw it out. So you make room for the new. Listen, God has got something new for you. God's got a new season of blessing in your life if, if you put him first, if you'll have no idols, if you'll worship him. He's got something for you. Amen. I've got to try and close. 
He says in the verses in Leviticus, I will make my dwelling among you. That is the most beautiful statement of all time. When you have God of the universe saying, I'm going to come down, I'm going to hang out with you. I'm going to be with you through everything you face and what you deal with. There's going to be me. I'm going to be a dweller. I'm going to dwell with you. I'm going to be with you. I'm going to hear you. I'm going to hug you. I'm going to hang out with you. I'm going to hear your problems. And then, then I'm going to tell you my blessings. I'm going to give you blessings. I'm going to hang out with you. It's kind of like having that, that, that wealthy relative uh, stay with you a little bit. They end up paying for everything. And they're great. I mean, they, they got the money. It's kind of like when my wife and I first got married. It was really kind of like an oxymoron when my mother-in-law would come and stay on a visit. But, you know, you had the negative. But then you had the positive because Wilma opened her purse and everything was in her purse. Anything you needed, anything you need to buy, Wilma opened her purse and she would pay for it. That's the way Wilma is. Wilma is a giver. So when she came, we never had to buy groceries. We never had to pay for a meal out. We didn't have to do anything. Why, she even took us to the store and bought us stuff. And God wants to come and be with you. He wants to be with us and he will be with us. I'll make my dwelling among you. The pathway of blessing. And we're talking about in this chapter blessing, the pathway of blessing. There's a pathway of blessing. Galatians 6, 7, and 9 says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap corruption reap everlasting life and let us not grow weary while doing good for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart let me tell you God's abundance is more than what can be found in money and God's abundance reaches far more it's more than just money talk okay and prosperity is more than just whatever a dollar can buy and things that you can buy. Prosperity in God means that his desire is that we will sow to the Spirit and of the Spirit reap everlasting life. That's his prosperity. He wants us to reap of the Spirit and not of the flesh. John 15, 7 and 8. Listen to what Jesus said. Oh, yeah, Jesus said. He says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, then I'll throw in the then. Then you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit so you will be my disciples. God's prosperity, his blessing is to make us fruitful and to multiply. 1 John 1 and 9 says, there it is again. If we confess our sins, then I'll put in the then. Then he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. There's the if and then. And so wonderful. And some people say, why can't? If God's love is unconditional. He loves me while I'm in sin. He loves me when I'm saved. He loves me and it is unconditional love. Why isn't his blessings unconditional well, it's unconditional because his love, his, his blessings are not unconditional. They're conditional. And the reason why, of his unconditional love. 
He loves us so much that he's given you and I an opportunity to have a will and to have a choice. We're not puppets, but we're children of God created in his image. And because he's giving us a decision and a choice, then suddenly he gives us the opportunity to be blessed. And we choose whether or not to be blessed. Because he loves us unconditionally. He's not going to treat us separate or different. He'll treat you equal. And so therefore we have an opportunity to be blessed of God. And so I guess the ball might be in your court for your blessings. If you, if you do what he says, if, that's, that's the crux of the matter, if. And you can, you can. And through him, you will. And then he will be faithful. He will be faithful. He's faithful. And let me say this to you. God will never quit on you. He'll never quit on you. I've had to talk to people and I've had to do funerals with people. That there was this question. But I know one thing that's not a question. God will not give up on us. He'll never give up on us. And he'll never give up on you. Because he loves you. He cares for you. He'll never give up. Hebrews 13, 5. For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Matthew 28 and 20. And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. You can depend on his promise. He means what he says. He's the then. And we're the if. And so, let me ask you. If you're willing to give it all to him. Are you willing? He loves you. He's got blessings. He'll bless you. He'll help you. He'll strengthen you. There's no greater blessing in the world to walk up and be, I mean, go down dirty and come up clean. Go down dirty and come up clean. You turn to Christ and he cleanses us. Would you stand with me? That's the if and then of 2021. I believe God's got a whole lot of then. He's got a whole lot of blessings for his people. He'll bless his people so much the children of God will be and will be a this some kind of uh, example. He'll bless us to a degree that the world will desire to know what we have in Christ. That we're blessed by him. We're favored by him. That he loves us. Because a lot of people longing to know God and to know him like we know him. But I just wonder this morning, you're here, and can I say it's really good to see all of you today. I want to compliment you, your step of faith and coming out and being in fellowship and worship. May the Lord bless you and commend you for it. We're all walking together in faith in Christ.